This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, February 10th, 2009. I'm Caleb Brown. Buy American is a protectionist buzzword, especially in President Obama's stimulus plan. But it's nothing new, and the bluster about rising protectionism may be a tempest in a teapot. So says Dan Eikenson, Associate Director of the Cato Institute's Center for Trade Policy Studies. Buy American provisions, provisions are nothing new. They've been on the books since 1933. All government procurement uh, is doled out in a way that favors U.S. suppliers and U.S. construction firms. Uh, but we also have waivers uh, if the administration feels it's not in the public interest or if the cost of uh, using U.S. suppliers is too high, uh, he can entertain bids. The, the U.S. agency can entertain bids from, from, from foreigners. The general Buy American provision has a reasonable cost test, and it says you have to use domestic, domestically manufactured products unless a foreign bid comes in at 6% or below the price of the U.S. bid, in which case you can therefore use the foreign bid. But on highway projects, Department of Transportation projects, that cost threshold is much different. It says you can't go to a foreigner unless the cost of the total project is going to increase by 25% or more by using domestic supplies. That's an enormous threshold. Uh, And it has basically cordoned off the market for transportation projects just to U.S. producers. It is that provision, that more stringent provision, that is being applied in the spending bill before Congress right now. Uh, All of the Buy American provisions have been liberalized over the years such that uh, most of our major trading partners are granted waivers. Uh, Under the Trade Agreements Act of 1979, uh, we we authorized the president to to grant a public interest waiver. Um, The spending bill provisions would run roughshod over those waivers. At least that was the case until two days ago. It took a week uh, from the time the bill passed the House and all this outrage from abroad and within the trade community here in Washington started boiling up that President Obama finally said, hey, wait a second, maybe it's not such a good idea to have these Buy American provisions uh, in, in this bill. It's, they're likely to Uh, incite a trade war or at least some tit-for-tat protectionism and that's not a signal he wants to send well kudos to the president for 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 making that claim and as a result the senate version of the bill which is still pending was changed Uh, byron dorgan of all people introduced an amendment saying that we will implement the buy american provisions in such a way as not to abrogate our responsibilities or not to abrogate uh the our trade agreements Um, that could be uh, sufficient. Uh, I think it leaves more enough wiggle room, however, for us to apply the Buy American provisions in a in an antagonistic way. So the better approach would have been uh, what Senator McCain had introduced, which was to strip the Buy American provisions entirely. Um, but it looks like at least the Senate version will have uh, will reflect some respect for our international agreements. The question is, what's the House going to do? There's still a lot of opposition to making these changes in the House. The Steel Caucus is pretty strong. Uh, the uh, chairman of the Transportation Committee said that he would uh, not support the bill and he would take a lot of votes with him if, if uh, Buy American provisions were watered down. But they need to be watered down. The Keynesian argument stresses spending the money over specifically how it is spent. 
So you could make an argument that, well, these Buy American provisions are, are largely irrelevant to uh, making the case for stimulus in general, and so what if some of these uh, projects are limited in, in their uh, range of suppliers? Even if you subscribe to Keynes, even if you're willing to spend other people's money uh, just to try and temporarily uh, jack up demand, uh, you, you still need to be concerned about the waste. There is a lot of waste in these Buy American provisions. Uh, having a, an unreasonable cost threshold of 25% of the project's costs, think about uh, how much latitude that affords the U.S. steel industry. If, uh, if a highway project costs a billion dollars and 10% of that cost is steel, $100 million worth of steel, well, the steel price can go up by... $250 million, you know, 26-fold uh, before the total project cost is 25% higher. So this is inviting a lot of waste, um, and it's inviting retaliation from abroad. Uh, Buy American provisions are part of the landscape, uh, but uh, it's one way that uh, taxpayers get, uh, get cheated. A lot of countries right now are going back to uh, trade restrictions that they may have had a few years ago in response to their economic downturn. Is there a short-term benefit to make to going back to higher tariffs or trade protections? There's no economic benefit at all. There might be a political benefit. It might be expedient to do so. But I mean, let me first say that I think uh, the media in this country and and abroad uh, has become a bit sensationalized. Uh, I, there were reports in the Wall Street Journal today, in the Financial Times recently, in the Washington Post, major newspapers that are cautioning of this uh, massive resurgence of protectionism. I would not characterize anything that has happened uh, in the global economy as, uh, as, a re- as a rise in protectionism. We've got the World Trade Organization, and those the agreements under the World Trade Organization give some latitude to countries to actually raise tariffs under certain certain circumstances. There's something called the bound tariff rate and the applied tariff rate. Uh, India, for example, its average tariffs is, are in the range of 8 or 9% on the applied basis, but their bound tariffs are much, much higher than that. So they can actually raise their tariffs up to 25-30% without even being in violation of the WTO agreements. To me, yes, that's wrong-headed. It is somewhat protectionist, but it's not protectionism of the type that invites all sorts of retaliation because it's within the rules. Uh, we, we see citation in the newspapers to the rise in anti-dumping measures. Well, anti-dumping measures, as wrong-headed as they are, uh, are, are permissible under the WTO. Uh, the United States has been using anti-dumping for a long time. Even when the economy is robust and, and growing, we, we, we use our anti-dumping rules. So there's nothing out of the ordinary here. Uh, that's been going on. And we see a lot of citation to what Russia is doing. Well, Russia's not even a member of the WTO. Russia, for all intents and purposes, is outside of the global uh, community uh, on trade matters. So I'm afraid, I'm worried that these media reports of countries resorting to protectionism, raising their their trade barriers, is going to uh, invite policymakers in the United States to say, look, look what they're doing. We should do the same thing. Well, we, we do do the same thing. We, we do have safeguards and, and other measures and anti-dumping measures. But the United States doesn't have a very big uh, 
uh, doesn't have a lot of latitude to raise its tariffs. Its, its applied rates and bound rates are very, very, are very close. And that's basically the way it, the system works. The, the richer countries, the more mature economies are sort of like parents. They, they can't get away with things. The, the developing countries are, you know, like teenagers. You know, they, if they kick each other in the shins, uh, they get away with it. Um, so they're allowed to, to, to act uh, regressively, whereas the United States and, and Europe uh, cannot. Okay, m most Americans are, are, are skeptical of this, uh, this, this spending bill. Uh, most Americans would prefer tax cuts. They think tax cuts uh, for business uh, are, what, uh, are, are the kinds of incentives that will actually create some long-term economic growth. Um, they're very skeptical of Congress. They recognize that there are all sorts of pork projects and, and involved. And, and I, I think that Congress and President Obama and the Democratic Congress may very well overplay their hand here. Uh, they think that they have a they think a consensus for change means a consensus to spend money that we don't have. Uh, but uh, this is going to be their problem, their political problem, a year or two from now when we see that uh, this hasn't worked and we're further in debt. Dan Eikenson is Associate Director of the Cato Institute's Center for Trade Policy Studies. You can read more of his work on trade at Cato.org.